Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you today. On no day do we thank you more than on Resurrection Sunday, Lord. Easter Sunday, and we're here to celebrate all that you have done. And uh, Lord, for some of us, that's the pivot moment of all of history. Um, And honestly, God, for all of us, it's the pivot moment for, for all of history. And we thank you for what your one and only son did for us, that he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, and he offers us a relationship with God himself. And we thank you for that. Lord, I just take just one moment to pray for maybe one person that walked through the door today that says, you know what, I'm looking for hope. And today, God, I pray that they can find it in you. What better day than today? And I pray you be with us and and you be pleased with all that we do here today. Lord, receive our worship. Be with us as we open up your word and speak to us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would say you could be seated, but you're already seated, so that's good. Not used to that. So happy Easter. We're glad everybody's here today. How's everybody feeling? Everybody got a sugar high? I do, because I just haven't had sugar in a while, and now I do. And, uh, and so what we want to do before we get started, first I just want to say thank you guys for being here. Thank you for everybody that participated, and thank all of our volunteers. Can we thank everybody that made this happen today, and just thank them today? You guys did great. It took a lot of work, and sometimes I'm so self-absorbed I don't think of other people. So I just wanted to do that this morning as we get started. It's a very grateful day, and I want to thank you guys for being here Because out of all the churches you could have came to, you came to us today, and I hope that you are being blessed by it as we are, and we just thank you for being here today. So the first thing we'd like to do is this. We're going to take a picture together, and I hope everybody's good with that. If you don't want to take a picture, I don't know what to tell you. But um, So Brianna's going to come, and um, the first picture, we want to be kind of serious. No, we don't want to be serious. Just smile. Some of you guys, some of you guys don't smile. I've seen that. Okay. You know who you are. Okay. So she's going to take just a couple of shots, and, um, and while she does that, we'll put this up on the screen. Don't be distracted by it, but we're going to put our hashtag up, um, and I'll tell you what that's about in a minute. Okay, so she took some serious shots, and now we want to take a funny shot, so if y'all can make your funny face, some of you, oh, it's the same face, I got you, and uh, <laughs> so sorry, you really shouldn't insult the crowd, it's really a bad, bad thing to do, it's horrible to do. So thank you so much, Brianna. We're going to post those later on our Facebook page, if, if you see it, or on Instagram, for those of you that are under 40 that don't look at Facebook. Um, those of you over 40 are going, what is Instagram? Um, and so, so if you want to do that, if you can put that screen back up for us, just so you can see, our hashtag is New Branch Church. And so if you're here today and you take some pictures, we would love for you to do that. Share them with us. We'll, we'll get along with social media. If you don't know what a hashtag is, or maybe you're from Zuna and you just... <laughs> So sorry. And you're going, he's talking about hash. And, oh, I'm just playing. Okay, you get the picture. <laughs> you're saying, what in the world? What's going on? It's not. It's a thing. And it would help us out if you just let us know that you were here. We'd love to do that. So, so sorry. We mentioned hash in Easter service. How can we do this? Okay, so we are in we are Easter Sunday. So glad you're here today. And we want to talk about something incredible. And so as a pastor, there is a lot of pressure because today is the day. You know what I mean? It's like the greatest day in all of history, Easter Sunday, where we celebrate the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, an absolutely amazing time, but there's a lot of pressure on us to go, hey, what do you want to talk about? And so for me, I got all kinds of things I want to talk about. So I started thinking, what is the most important? No, Brian, let's take a picture. That's good. Well, actually, I'll do that in a second, Brian. Well, I'll do it now. (laughs) I want to tell you about that in a minute. Okay. So sorry. This is just the way it is. I'll have to edit that out later on the video. Okay. So... (laughs) We, but, but here's what I know. I went, hey, what do I want to talk about? And I, and I said, hey, you know, one of the things I know is this. If you can't get past your past, a lot of times you can't move on to the future. So I said, yeah, that'd be great. And then I started thinking. I was like, nah, that's not enough because you go, hey, if you just live in the past and you're not in the here and now, 
that's not going to work out too well. Anybody done that where you're like, hey, I'm living in the past and, and it keeps coming back, but that's all I focus on, so maybe I need to focus just on the moment, not too far in the future, not too far in the past. Let's talk about that. And I said, no, that's not enough because then there is a future, and if you don't plan for the future, there's all these things going to happen, and we got all this political stuff going on, and what do we do with that? And, uh, and, and then we got the apocalypse and the walking dead. And Sorry, Chris. And so we got all kinds of stuff going on. And so we go, what am I going to talk about? Because that's going to take me like four hours, right, to do that. And then I got thinking, I was like, some of you guys <laughs> hadn't been to church in a while. And so you probably need four hours, okay? So we can go ahead. No, I'm just playing. But then we have a first service and we want to go to lunch and all that. And so I said, no, we can't do all that. So I was like, how do we do it? And, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, you know what? <laughs> this is a profound thought. You don't have to do it all on one Sunday. Okay, if you guys come back, we're going to have a series and we're going to explain all these things during the life of this this series that we're just starting today that that we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about how do you get over your past? How do you put the past in the past? How do you make sure? Because if you bury your past alive, what happens? You ever had that happen? Where it's like, I thought that was gone, and then it resurrects at the wrong time, and it's like it keeps reaching out for me, and I don't know how to get past that. And we're going to talk about, hey, how do we do that? And we're going to talk about how, how do you live in the here and now? How do you make sure you're not focused too much on the past and too much on the future, but that God is calling us right to this moment because we don't know what the future is and we can't live in the past. So, so how do we do that? And then we're going to talk about the bright future that God has in store. We're going to talk about the apocalypse. We're going to talk about what he has in mind and, and where we're going to go from here. But, but I started thinking today, today... Really, there's a, there's a thought, and it's such a simple thought that it could almost miss us. But if you don't get what we're going to talk about today, none of the rest of it's going to work. Now, there's other stuff we got to get to, so don't hear me wrong. If we don't, if we don't get to those other things, this, this is the starting point, okay? But if you don't start here, the rest of it won't make sense. And so, so I said, what, what is it then? And so a symbol came and, and I started going, hey, that's really what we need to talk about today is this symbol. So I'm going to just explain what this is. Does anybody know what this is? Good. Y'all are just as smart as first service. Y'all know what it is. How many people regularly use the semicolon? Regularly. Wow, that's amazing. Don't know. How many people like grammar and English and all that? Okay, you do. Okay, that's awesome. Just look up those people. They like that stuff. Don't know what to tell you about that. But... I'm not that way, okay? Usually you're either good at communicating and speaking or you're good at, at writing, and usually the two don't mix. So if you hear a great speaker, their books aren't very good, okay? Um, if you hear a great, you know, book writer, they're not good at speaking. Have you ever listened to an author? It's really, <laughs> you don't want to go there. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not good on that side. So, so one of the things I learned, because I went to community college, I don't know how many people did, <laughs> but um, I went to community college, so I was like, I was looking for simple things. So you go to grammar and they're like, hey, you're in a remedial grammar let me just tell you, don't use a semicolon. That's pretty much what they said. They said, you know why? Because you don't have to. You really don't. An author has a choice when it comes to a semicolon. That, that it's a lot easier and you won't get into grammatical problems if you go ahead and just put a period at the end of your sentence and just end the sentence there and start a new thought. Because you, if it requires a comma, you can't do that, right? Because it's an incomplete thought, and that's why you use a comma, and it links the other part of the sentence. But the semicolon, you're going, wait, what are we doing with a grammar lesson today? But this is really important. The semicolon is the author's choice. It's going, hey, the only time you use one is when you go, there is a sentence, and, and your grammatic people, you can correct me later on this, but, but my understanding is this, is that the reason why you would use a semicolon when you say, the thought is just too much, I want to link these two ideas, and I don't want to end the sentence here. And that's really important to authors and people that, that like to do that stuff. So I've always just used periods because I'm just too lazy, right? It's much easier to just use a period. Now, let me tell you what that has to do with today's message and Easter and you and, and everything else. So a couple of, um, 
a while back, I came across something a couple years ago. My wife is into thinking about tattoos and stuff like that. I do not want to get into that discussion today, but, I, but she asked me, she's like, what would you want to do? What kind of tattoo would you want? And I was like, I'm not necessarily against them, and I don't really want to get into that part, but I'm not really against them, but here's the thing, I just don't have one that I would want. I mean, like in other words, I just can't imagine anything that I wouldn't get sick of and then eventually go, man, I don't want that. You ever had that happen? Some of you guys I know you have, right? You're looking at them and you're like, man, I really had, wish I hadn't got that. I was cool then or my muscles were big then and now it's just shrunk and all that. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then, and then I came across this one where all these people, thousands of people were getting a tattoo of a semicolon. Did you know that? And I kept going, what is that about? Are we just having a revival of grammar or what's up with these people, right? And, and then I heard the story of the girl that started it and she was in a time of depression in her life and she was considering committing suicide and her father had committed suicide and it's just a whole long, horrible story of being sick and things. And she had decided, she made a decision that, you know what, this isn't where my story's going to end. That it's a semicolon, that I have a choice. I could put a period here. That would be much easier. Can I tell you? I could put a period here, and that would end my life. But instead, she put a semicolon that says, my life isn't over yet. My story isn't over yet. So I went out, and I got a tattoo. My mom's here today. Mom, you like that? I'm just playing. I got a tattoo this morning in the back with the kids first that did it. So that's okay, Mom. I knew my mom would be here, and I'd really be in. Yeah, she was. She was I mean, if you guys, this was the most priceless moment for me of all of Easter, to see my mom's face when I said, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> maybe one day, but here's the point. Your life isn't over yet, and that's what we want to kind of talk about today because i got a feeling for some people today, here's where you're at, and if you're not there, I understand, but, but if you're not there, wait around because one day you will be, where you go, I feel like my life is over. You ever felt that way? Maybe it's in your finances. I don't know. I mean, like, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Where you feel like it isn't going to get any better, and it feels like it's a sentence, and I'm done. You might not be dead yet, and you're not, maybe you're not even thinking about suicide, but, but you're going, it isn't going to get any better than it is right now. It, it, it's the same as it's always been. I woke up from my delusion that life could have hope. I woke up from my delusion that there could be hope for my life, and it's a period at the end of my sentence, and I don't know what to do with that. And, and I have a feeling that God might be saying, you know what? It's not a period. It's a semicolon. So, so let's talk through this today a little bit. Um, just one story, one Bible verse. We're just going to keep this semicolon up for a minute. And I'm going to tell you a story, and I want you to go back and maybe read it on your own. And then we're going to just share one verse. And I'm going to keep it brief today. There's your Easter miracle, okay? <laughs> I'm going to actually be brief today. This is not going to be long. I'm going to get right to the point. Is that okay with everybody? Some, some people are going, man, I can't believe it. This is, this is awesome, Easter. Everybody happy about it? Amen? amen? So you don't even say amen, but you say amen now. Okay, there we go. All right, so here we go. The story is, is that of Jesus. Jesus told a story in the Bible that I want to kind of highlight today. It's found in Luke chapter 15, and you can turn there if you want, if you have your Bible, or go back later and maybe read this passage. Luke chapter 15, Jesus has, has started his earthly ministry, and he's gotten a lot of fame because he, Jesus has done miracles. And so people are gathering, all kinds of people are gathering, and they're listening to his teaching. And a lot of the people that listened the most to Jesus' teaching were nothing like him. He felt very comfortable being around people that were nothing like him. And can I tell you something about Jesus? People that were nothing like him felt very comfortable being around him. So he felt comfortable being around them. They felt comfortable being around him. And he would teach them principles that, had, that, that was far apart from where their life was. So it said that, hey, he was there, and here he is claiming to be Messiah, which he was. And he's teaching sinners 
and tax collectors. How many people like tax collectors? This is tax season, so I'm going to tell you something. They're not very popular right now, right? I mean, they're sinners, and then there's tax collectors. And it's saying, man, he talks to the lowest of the low. You know what I'm saying? And the Pharisees and the religious leaders, the ones that thought they were so high up, you know, I mean, you probably can think of some churches that you've been to maybe where people are way up there on their high horse, you know, and you come in and it's like, you don't look right, you don't act right, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so that was kind of who they were, and they were like, I don't understand why you would associate with those people. And they kind of muttered that under their breath. And so Jesus was correcting their thought and saying, let me explain to you what God is like. And I want to explain it to you today because maybe you haven't seen God in this light before. And before we get into all the stuff, before we get into correcting the past, before we get into living in the here and now, before we get into a bright future, because a lot of times we get distracted. And I'm a very ADD person, so I'm all over the place. So today, just one concept, that's it. Very hard for me. But so important, because if you don't get this part, the rest will not work. And here's the part that he told him. He said, let me tell you what God is like. And he told him all kinds of stuff. He, told, he had a couple analogies going. You can go back and read this for yourself. And then he came to a story. And this was, this was the point of his message. He said that God is like a father that had two sons. And the youngest son comes to the father and he says, Dad, give me my inheritance now. <laughs> my son's here. Don't say that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine your son coming to you saying, you've worked hard all your life, and now I'm going to spend up all your money. Can you imagine that? Some of us can, though, because I kept saying, this story doesn't relate to anybody. Who would do that? And then I got thinking, you know, your kids grow up, and they go, you know what I want to do? I want to go to college, right? And you're going, what? (laughs) And I want to do underweight water basket weaving. No, I'm just playing. But you get the idea where it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? You're going to spend up all the money I've saved up my whole life so you can have this, Really? And, um, but yeah, we do that, right? So we kind of get it, right? We want to give them an edge forward and we want to give them what they can and education is important and all that. And so we can kind of relate and go, okay. So he gives them the money, right? And because he hadn't worked for it all his life, it really is like a college experience, right? Where you've paid for somebody's college. You ever had this happen? And your kids go off to school. Some of you do because you've counseled with me, so don't look so religious here. Um, <laughs> so they go off to school and what happens? You get a call back and they're like, they ain't been taking any other classes, they haven't been doing any other stuff. And, and, and you know what they're doing? Because this is what happens in parties or in colleges, if, if you're not familiar with the process. There's a lot of partying that goes on in colleges, right? Don't Google it because I'm telling you, you're going to be surprised. And, and so a lot of this stuff is just a lot of partying going on. And here's what happens. When you have money, guess what? The party is awesome, isn't it? And this guy had a lot of money, and he was going through money because he didn't make it. And so here he is, and he's on top of the world. And he's got all these friends. And let me tell you something. It's fun, right? I mean, when you got all these friends coming, it's awesome. And... Um, and then when the money goes away, guess what? Have you ever had friends like that? Then the friends go with it. You know, the, the party people kind of go with the party. <laughs> so if you don't have the money for it anymore, they're like, they're not mad at you. They just don't see you anymore, right? It's just like, hey, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm going on to the next thing. Thanks. Be peace, you know, whatever. And, and so that's where he's at. And in that moment, it's as though your life changes, right? I mean, your whole view of the world changes when you go, now all of a sudden you wake up and you go, I have no money. And I thought I was so smart, and my dad is so dumb. You ever had that happen? <laughs> Where as you get older, especially middle age, that you realize your parents are a lot smarter? <laughs> they gotten smarter as we got older, right? No, just, just now your perspective's different. And you're going, I spent up all the money. 
And he woke up from the delusion that said, I don't have, I don't have anything. And then he had to go out and actually get a job with his degree that didn't mean anything. Right? You ever had that happen? He was like, I thought because I had a degree I'd get a great job, right? And then he goes out to get one and he can't find one. Anybody in that boat? And they go out and they get there and they're like, man, I got a degree and it's not doing anything for me. And so he does the best job he can get, which is to go out and feed pigs. This is really in the story, Luke chapter 15. And he goes out and he feeds pigs, which you'd have to be a Jew to understand how low that is. Jews don't eat pork. So this is like the lowest of the low job. Anybody have one of those? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Where you're like, this is, I can't believe my life has amounted to this. And he's so poor that it looks good to eat the pig food. You know what I'm saying? Like he's looking at the pig food and he's going, that's better than the food I got. Anybody ever been that poor? Where you're going, ramen noodles actually looks good? <laughs> right? I remember for me and Marie, it was macaroni and cheese. When macaroni and cheese was like, hey, it's on sale for $25, 25 cent a box. And we're like, oh, wow. You know? And it was so awesome. Because when you're like that, man, I'm telling you, your whole world changes. And, and that's where he was at. And maybe that's some of where some people are at. And it's as though in that pig pen of life, and some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because maybe you've been there, maybe you are there, you know, where it's like the choices that I've made have come back and it's more than I can almost bear. And maybe it's not choices you made. Maybe it's somebody else did it to you and that's even worse. And it, and it stalls you in that and it makes it even harder because you're going, it's not my fault. Somebody else did this to me, you know. But he wakes up and he's like, I've got to do something different, man. If I keep doing this, I'm gonna, I don't know what's going to happen to me. And so he wakes up and he has a change of mind and he goes, you know what? I, I, I don't have any pride left, you know. I'm, I'm working in a pig pen and I'm scared to go back to my father. You ever had a father that you're scared to go back to? <laughs> You know, but you're more scared because the pride issue is I don't want to go back because here's what they're going to tell me. You know, if I go back now, they're going to say, did I tell you that? Did I tell you how to live and you did what? And that's what they're so scared of, right? I mean, that, some of us, that's how it is with God, right? I mean, we're kind of scared to go to God because we're like, yeah, I thought I knew better. Yeah, I thought I knew better than his word. Yeah, I didn't want to go to church. Maybe I hadn't been in a long time because I'm scared they're going to judge me, right? God's going to judge me. But he sucked up his pride because I'm telling you what, when you get to your bottom, you'll, you'll do just about anything at that point. And let me say something. The pride is the last thing to go. I know because I remember when it went. Um, and so there he is, and he's, and he's alone, and he's walking home, and he goes, you know what? I don't have any friends. I don't have nothing. I'm all by myself. And maybe, just maybe, my father would let me be a servant. And on the ride home, he, he goes, hey, maybe he'd let me work for him. I don't want you to be, I'm not worthy to be your son. And I think he really meant that. And so as he comes home, the picture is that of describing God. And so as he comes home, the father is looking for the son. I, I think every day. Some of you guys understand exactly what I'm talking about. You got, you got children, maybe they're, they're not doing exactly how you think. And every day you look back at that door going, it's today, today they're going to show up, right? I mean, some of you guys have done that for church and maybe they're here today. And you're going, they're here. Don't jump up and down, okay? Don't point them out. They'll leave, never come back. Okay, so, <laughs> but we rejoice with you today for that. The prodigal has come home. And as he comes home, the father, it says that he's an old man, and he's so excited, he runs out to meet his son. You ever had that moment where it's like you're kind of almost giddy for a man? I mean, that's weird, right? I mean, we don't do that. We don't hug. We don't do that stuff. And then father runs up to his son, and, and the son starts into this formal speech. It's kind of funny, right? I mean, like if you read the story, you'll see what he's talking about. The father is running to the son, and the son doesn't see the father because he's so concentrated on what he's about to say. You get the picture? Read it for yourself. It's in Luke 15. It's awesome. And so he says, he goes, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I don't think this was a formal family. Can you imagine if your child said that to you? 
Mother, I have sinned against heaven. You know, come on, you know, really? But he's saying that, and he doesn't even know what the father's doing. By then, the father had his arms wrapped around his son. And the father kissed him on the cheek. They don't, you know, he didn't care. All inhibitions were gone. He's so excited because his son is home. You get the picture? And the son doesn't even realize it until the father does this. He goes, bring out a robe and put it on my son. You know why? Because his clothes are all messed up, and he has messed up his whole life. Yeah, I know he's messed up. Uh, He's got some stuff to deal with in his past. Yeah, I know he does, but not today. See? Today, he's home. Put a robe on him. You know what I want you to do? I want you to put out a signet ring and put it on his finger. You know what that represents? He's not my servant. He's my son. That signet ring carries all authority of that father. it's his estate ring. You get it? Put it on his finger. You're not a servant. You're my son. And put sandals on his feet. Because only a person that's destitute, only a person that has no home, the poorest of the poor, the people that we don't care about, the throwaway people don't have shoes. Get it? Put shoes on him. Give him dignity. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. He hasn't done anything yet, right? <laughs> the son hasn't figured out everything yet. The son hasn't done anything other than said he was sorry. Yeah. And he's not done yet, but all those other things we'll take care of another day. Get it? But for today, here's what he says. Here's what I want to do today. See, Luke chapter 15, verse 24, it says this. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And they begin to celebrate. You know what they did? He said, kill the fatted calf. Don't you love that part? That's my favorite part, right? And so, so, so bring out the fatted calf. Why? Because we're going to eat together and we're going to celebrate because my son was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. <laughs> this is huge. I'm going to get right to the point today because there's all kinds of other things we need to talk about. But we can do that later. But for today, here's what I want to tell you. There is a God in heaven and Jesus Christ. If you believe in him, maybe you don't, and if you don't and you need help with that or you need to talk through some of the intellectual pieces of this or the philosophical pieces of this, I'll be happy to sit down with you and talk as long as you want. I love that stuff. (laughs) I find most people don't really care about it. But what they do care about is this, a God that's all-powerful, that's describing himself like this, that says God doesn't look at you. You wonder why I'm meeting with sinners and tax collectors. You wonder why I'm meeting with Pharisees. I don't care who it is. He'll meet with them because he says, I want you to come home. God wants to restore a relationship with us. And for some of us, it's as though life has put a period. Anybody have that? It's like my life is over. This is it. I have messed up so bad, God could never forgive me for the things I've done. My circumstances are so bad. Can I tell you, I've even talked to people this past week that are going, I just want to end it. I just want the noise to stop. I'm being honest. Maybe that's you today. And some people are kind of shocked going, I don't know that kind of stuff really happens. It does. And I got a feeling there's probably somebody sitting in the room that's thinking, you know what? I came here today, but I almost didn't make it. And God is saying this. He's going, you know what? I don't want to put a period. I want you to put a semicolon. It's your choice you got a choice here. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write your name. If you're that brave, if you're going, hey, you know what? That's me. You know what? I need to hear this. I want you to write, for this son of mine, I want you to write your name, okay? Or this daughter of mine, okay? It's not generic specific. This son of mine, your name. Maybe you never thought of yourself as a son of God. 
And he's saying, I came. And you know what Jesus, the story of Jesus is? You know what Resurrection Sunday is all about? is isn't a bunch of church people gathering to say, hey, look at us. Look how great we are. Look how great our show is. Look, look what we're doing. We want to do all that stuff to invite for one purpose, for one message that says this. God loves you right where you are. And he's saying, would you come home? Yeah, but I need to deal with my past. Yeah, I know that, but not today. What you need today is you need to come to Jesus first. See, Jesus had a different message. You know, I need to deal with the here and now. Yeah, but not today. What you need is you need Jesus first. You get the picture? You know, that's not working out for you. See, see you, you, I want to deal with the future. But the thing is, you can't have a bright future until you have Jesus first. And we're going to get to all those other things. Trust me, this isn't it. But it starts with Jesus and it's him saying, hey, you know what his message was? And the Pharisees got it by the end. He said, you see, the problem with the Pharisees is your message is this. You change, and then you can come follow God. And he's going, you don't get it. You see, that's not how it works. Here's how it works. You come follow me, and then you'll change. Yeah, but you don't understand. This son of mine doesn't believe right. Yeah, no, he doesn't believe right yet. You don't have to believe everything to start following Jesus. Can I tell you something? You don't have to behave right to start following Jesus. Amen to that? That the only way we do come is not believing right and not behaving right. That's that's the prerequisite. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Pharisees thought they believed right and behaved right. They didn't. And he's going, you guys are the worst of all. Sometimes the people that think they have it most don't have have it least. And they don't have the joy that God can give. And he goes, I want to restore the relationship first. Then we can work through all those other things. Maybe you've thought church all your life was just to push you down and make you feel bad and that God hates you. And you know what Jesus wants to say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You get that? He came first, and he goes, I call out to you. And if that's not enough, in verse 17, John three seventeen says this. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You see, God didn't come to send you on a guilt trip. God didn't come to push you down. He came to build you up. He came to say, come to me, anyone that's willing, and I will save you. And can I tell you something? He's going to get to all those other things. And we're going to talk about all those other things, but not today. You know what you need today? Jesus. And he stands and he says, I stand at your heart's door and I knock. And if anyone comes in, I will restore them. So here's what I'll ask you today. Maybe you think it's a period. Maybe you're like me and you go, your period isn't what, what you did, but what somebody else did to you. Can I tell you something? There is no greater living hell than when you hate someone, is there? <laughs> Some of you guys know it because here's the problem. You, are, you feel so justified to hold on to all that hate, but where has it gotten you? <laughs> right? I know because I, I live that way in and, and, and a hate-filled life, and I'm so justified, but it robbed me of every blessing. It robbed me from every joy. It robbed me from everything I ever had. You want to talk about a pig pen of life? Let me tell you something. When you hate, there is nothing like it. Let me tell you something. It's not a period. It's a semicolon. What Jesus Christ wants to do, I don't care where you come from or where you're at, whether it's something that you did or somebody else did or whatever else, he's standing at the precipice of time and he's saying, well, how does that work? How could God possibly do that? And then you see the cross. And you say the sinless son of God came to die on the cross for the sins of the entire world. And on that cross, he bore all of the sins of all of time. And he says, is this enough to restore you? He made it possible that he could say, it isn't a period at the end of your life. It's a semicolon, if you want to. Now, you can end it. It's your choice. 
You can end it. You can make it that because here's the thing. It's the author's choice, right? You can put a period and it can be every bit a complete sentence. But he says, you know what? I want you to complete the thought. My life, my story isn't over yet because of Jesus Christ. Huh? He had piercings. You get it? He shows you his nail-pierced hands. Did you get that? In the resurrection, he didn't do away with it. So he'd say, it's a constant reminder to you that it's not a period if you don't want it to be. Come to me. That's what he says. Yeah, but I don't know if I believe everything right yet. Yeah, I know. Come to me. You know, I don't know if I behave everything right yet. Yeah, you're not going to until you come to Jesus. You get it? We can't get all those other things taken care of until you come to Jesus. So here's what I want to do. It's just this. Just in this moment, I just want to ask you to pray with me, okay? Maybe you don't pray. Maybe you, maybe you allow me to pray for you. I don't know how you like to pray. I'm not going to tell you how. I mean, I know there's a lot of churches that will say, hey, you've got to bow your head and close your eyes. If you, if you want to do that, that's how you pray, then do that. For some of you, you don't feel comfortable with that. I understand. I used to do that all the time. to come to church and bow your head and close your eyes. I'm like, what are you going to do to me, <laughs> right? I'm going to close my eyes and you're going to do something weird. I don't want you to do that, right? So if you need to keep your eyes open, fine. I ain't got no problem with it, okay? Whatever you need to do. But here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you today. And as I pray, here's what I want you to do. I, I know there's all kinds of stuff we need to deal with. Can I tell you something? We're going to deal with all of it in this series. But just for today, here's what I want to do. What's holding you back from being with God? What's holding you back from receiving the gift? You see, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, but not only did he die on the cross, but he rose from the dead, which means he paid for the sins and became your savior. And he rose from the dead, maybe you're not understanding how important that is, to prove that he is God. And he's saying, I have all power and all authority, but it's wrapped in the person of Jesus Christ who's saying, this is what I'm like. Maybe you've never seen God in that light. And he's willing to offer his power for you. So I want to invite you into a relationship with him. In fact, it's not me inviting you. It's him. You don't need my invitation. You need his. And he's saying, I stand at the door. In Revelation, it says that I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in. It's not God, you trying to find God. God is right there waiting. And he says, if you will, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. You know what that means? A relationship with God. Yeah, but I got to take care of everything else. Yeah, we will. And he will. It's not over yet. It's the beginning. But your life isn't over yet. Okay. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If, if this is you, here's what I want to ask. Just, just pray with me, if you will, and ask Jesus to come in. Okay. Father God, we come before you today. And, and Lord, maybe, maybe, maybe there's somebody here today. Lord, I, I don't think there's no maybe. Maybe there's a whole bunch of people here today. That one lost person that has walked through the doors today, that they're unconnected, and they've got such a great face, and they've got such a great outfit on today, and everybody looks so great. But Lord, I know underneath the surface, because I talk to a lot of people, and not only that, but I know what happens in my own mind, that there's several of us, Lord, that thinks our lives are over, but not because of you, it's not. And today is Easter Sunday. What better day than them to get to know you? That, Lord, they're thinking about all the things they have to do to correct their life, and they're thinking, if I only get this, then it'll be better, and we know that it won't. And so, God, I just pray right now that they'll let go of all that and only see one thing, Jesus, and realize that you're alive and that you want to come in and you want to change their life. And if they would only call out to you in their own words, you said that whoever calls on your name, you will save them because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of the power of the resurrection. You could resurrect their life if they wanted you to. (laughs) So right now, God, I pray they pray with me. That maybe, maybe it'll be something like this, that, that God, I'm, I'm a sinner. God, I've sinned against you. <laughs> maybe it's just like the prodigal son. I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm not worthy to be a child of God. But you're saying, you know what, because of me, you are. And so, God, I pray, Lord, please let me receive that into my life.
Not, not just in my head, because maybe you've said, maybe I've said the prayer before, but today I say it for real, and I'm asking you to come in because I can't do this life without you no more. And I pray right now, all over this place, Lord, that, that somebody will let you come in. I, I pray for the one that maybe has prayed that prayer before, and they go, but I've, I've slipped away from Jesus. I pray right now they'll rededicate themselves to you. That, that we won't get hung up on semantics that, yes, it's one time and they get saved, but, Lord, some people have stopped following, and I pray that today, Lord, that they'll, they'll give their life back to you. Um, not that they're not saved, but they're so far and they're not feeling you. So I pray you come in, Lord, to their life. I, I pray for maybe the one that hates, that maybe their thing feels so justified that they say, I hate so bad I could never forgive anybody, but then they see the cross of Jesus Christ that says you have to forgive because Jesus paid for that. And maybe today God will do a work in their life where for the first time hate will leave their life and joy will enter their life and there's nothing like it. And I just pray over them today as well, Lord. I, I don't know what, what you're saying to them, but I pray whatever it is, they can express it to you. Not just in words, but in their heart. And we'll be rejoicing in what you will do today, this Easter Sunday. God, thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his broken body, his shed blood, for our complete remission of sins. And I thank you for the power of the resurrection But more than anything, I thank you for a God who loves us no matter what. God, you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.